Welcome. You're about to listen to a message from LifePoint, a warm, friendly, and vibrant community for the young at heart. Social media, you will have seen that we have a guest minister uh, for today. It's been powerful with him since first service. Uh, it's an unusual servant of God. Uh, his expression is outside of the ordinary. It's not an ordinary clergy. He, has, he wears many hats, both physically and spiritually. He likes to wear hats, so he wears many kind of hats uh, in his daily life. He's a consultant, he's a futurist, he's, a, he's, you know, um, he's, um, he's a pastor, he's a businessman, you know, many parts to him. But it's a peculiar gift that God has placed in his life for the body of Christ. And that's to function uh, uh, in, in the office of a futurist, uh, helping us to demystify spiritual things into the daily experience of people so we can function interacting with our, our world with deep spiritual truth in a way that our world will be able to engage us and will engage our world and shine the light of Jesus. So it's my privilege to call him a friend. Uh, it's been a blessing to my wife and I and this church and we've done many great things together and it's such a joy to have him uh, minister to us in this service uh, all the way from his base in Dallas, Texas. He got in last night and yet he's been preaching since morning. I wanted to please make welcome Pastor Olakunle Shoreen. Praise God. Please make him welcome. Make him welcome. Make him welcome. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better. Give the Lord a clap offering to Jesus, to him alone. For him alone. God bless you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I cannot overemphasize the blessing that I enjoy every time I have the privilege to stand here in the Elevation Church and share the message of God on my heart. Um, I do receive a lot of contrary experiences from different friends across the world and people at times persecuted for some of my positions and views and the unique way that God has called me to do my work. And so I am completely celebratory of leaders that are visionary to not just see what I represent, but to rally around it, support it, inspire it, motivate it, and um, just keep pushing it. That is what PG and Pastor Bola represent in my life. They are friends, yes, but are also spiritual covenant relationships that I do not take for granted. And so um, it's a privilege and a honor, pure pleasure for me to be here. And I want to really celebrate you, sir, for all that you carry, for all that you represent. You know, the future is designing itself in very interesting ways. And it's a honor, a big honor, to be in this same generation with you. I, I don't take it for granted. Thank you for your strength and for all that you see. I really appreciate all the leaders in the house. Pastor Debo, happy birthday. You know, uh, Madam, God bless you. You know, um, and all our expressions, those online watching in the first, second service, and all our different expressions in different um, cities across the world, Maryland, here, Greater Lekki, Ikorodu, Ikoyi, Life Point, Canada, London, 
Um, God bless you all for hooking in, for connecting. Um, God reward you, um, continue to shift you and help you to grow and prosper in the name of Jesus. And of course, I thank you for choosing to endure um, today and to allow me to do what I do. Thank you all for your participation in this house. Thank you for your service. I want to encourage you though, um, this is not the type of place you come to observe. Don't be an onlooker. Ask what you can do, plug in, connect. Be part of the grace of God upon this house and contribute a quota. Be part of the workforce, do something, um, deepen your work. If you've just been coming, ask how you can attend the believers class or good class or whatever it is, join the workforce and keep moving. We are moving into some of the incredible dimension of operation in the body of Christ. I have said it time and again, the next 10 years of the, of the human experience is about the rise of voices and powers as we are yet to know, the fading of powers and voices as we have known, the rise of underdogs, but most critically the rise of the church in ways unprecedented. Watch out for it. I've declared that boldly since 2018 and I've continued to declare that it's happening. We are seeing it happen and God is um, doing marvelous things. So don't, wa don't watch, you know, join in, plug in. God will bless you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Bless him. Be happy. Again, I have some products here. Like I said, in the two services, they are very expensive. I'm not sorry. Um, you need them. If you can't afford it, your time will come. Don't be offended. Don't beef. Just calm down. Wait for your time. Don't ask for discounts. It doesn't exist. You know, just, you know, swipe your card. This is a pack of 25 CDs, the Trove Pack. It's 120,000 naira. this pack. Um, yeah, no apologies. This is a work I did in a, in a church in Dallas, the miracle of God's hands, the secret to weighty wealth and good success. Then working in, the, in newness, how to key into new beginnings. Both of them is 30,000 naira. You can't buy one. You, you say that you buy the two or you leave us alone, right? So it's 30,000 naira. And this one is 120K. So, but if, if you pick the two, it's 150. But for the blessing of today and for the freshness that we are enjoying, if you pick all of these, it will be 100,000 naira. Rejoice, rejoice. Be happy. Don't beef. If you can't afford it, still be happy for those who can. Your time will come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on now. All right, I'm going to read some scriptures. I'm going to stand on those scriptures. And then I'm going to get into the word. And then we're going to pray. And that's it. So open your Bibles very quickly to Genesis in chapter 2. Genesis in chapter 2. Before we read, let me advise you. Buy the audio work. Or if it is available, I don't know. Um, I think it's available on YouTube. Get the message for the first service and the second service. This third service is a complete message on its own, as much as the second and the first services are, but they will be richer if you connect to the contents in the first two services, right? They are all three different messages, but all in one spirit. So get the three and listen, right? They will bless you, they will shift you. That I know, right? So. Verse 9 of Genesis 2. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow 
that is pleasant to the, to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. Amen. And then, verse 15, the Lord God took, took the, sorry, verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Verse 20, so Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. A helper comparable to him. So that became the necessity of Eve. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's also read Revelations in chapter 9. Real quick. Revelations in chapter 9. Revelations 9, 6. Sorry, from verse 3. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded to not harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing, or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months, their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. And they will desire to die and death will flee from them. Right? This is scripture. Then Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Ephesians 3.20. Real quick. Ephesians 3.20. Boom, 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 boom. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, all that we can ask or think, not and think, all that we can ask or think, to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ, by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Lastly, let's rush to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, I'm reading from from verse 3, sorry, I'm in verse 9, no, I'm in chapter 9, Ecclesiastes 1, from verse 4, one generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes towards the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again to its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where, from which the rivers come, there they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, 
nor will there be any remembrance of the things to, that are to come for those who are to come after. Verse 12, I the preacher was king over Israel in Jerusalem, I, and I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done not in Jerusalem. He was king in Jerusalem, but he set, he set his heart to search all that is done under the heaven, not within Jerusalem. Because you live in Lagos does not limit your mind to Lagos. There's a global capacity inside of you. It doesn't require you moving your body all around, but it does require you moving your spirit and your mind around. And I'm going to break that down for you today. He was king in Israel. Um, he said, this bodysome task, let me, let me start again. And I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. To seek and search out by wisdom. This bodysome task has, give, has God given to the sons of men by which they may be exercised. What is the bodysome task? The bodysome task is to seek and to search by wisdom. God has given it to the sons of men so that they can be maximized. One translation says they can be exercised. Jesus, this moment is yours. Use it to your glory. Transform us, change us, guide us with your counsel. We pray for shift, precision in the spirit. Let everyone under the influence of our voice, those present in this room, those streaming online, and those who will listen to this content timeless beyond today, we speak shift. Shift from point A to point B. Whatever those points are for everyone in this room, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'll now come down. So, yeah. So, in the first and second service, I'm going to do a quick recap. I explained as thoroughly as I can that every material thing in the world and anywhere is represented by a physical expression. That that physical expression, every form of material thing in the world or in the universe is representative or represented or is representing a metaphysical truth. Everything you see, your wristwatch, your shoe, your phone, your camera, your glasses, the fish that you eat, the meat that you take, the clothes that you wear, the computer in your house, the car that you drive, everything in the world that is material, that has weight and occupy space, otherwise called matter. Everything is representative by, of a metaphysical truth, otherwise called spiritual perspective. And that at every point in time, you should make the connection between the things your physical eyes can see or touch and the spirit, spiritual perspective that it represents. It's not the other way around. You are not doing things in the world so that you can have representation in the spirit. 
things are happening in the spirit and they have representation on earth. Are we on the same page? So that is why we say you are not a human being having spiritual experiences. You are a spirit being having human experiences. So your journey as a spirit being is inelastic. Your journey within time is elastic. What is easy is for you to be distracted by the force of time. Spiritually, there's really no such thing as time. It's completely beyond borderless even. There's no such thing as space. That is why a lot of things happen in the spirit. If a demon walks through this wall, you say it's powerful, but it's not powerful. That's the design of the spiritual body. For every spiritual body, we have spiritual body, we have physical body. You are a human being that has the privilege of a spiritual identity in a physical body. The demon has spiritual identity but suffers the disadvantage of not having a physical body. Jesus, to do big things on earth, was mighty because he was God, but to win on earth, to finish the work of, Christ, of God on earth, Jesus had to come into a physical body. The Bible says, a body he has prepared for me, O God. There's nothing that can be done in this realm, guys, that will not require physical representation. Why do you think possessing a human being is critical for demons? Why do you think it is critical for God to indwell? What we call possession for demons is indwelling without permission of the container. What you call indwelling is possession with the permission of the container. God does not violate your own will. And so he needs your permission to live inside of you. It took him thousands of years to achieve it. He had to wait. The devil is not a respecter of rules. He doesn't need to wait for anybody. Once your life is consistent with his own madness, he's going to get into you. Boom. Now, he can't get into a believer, but he has 8 billion people in the world, of which less than 2 billion of them are born again or are Christians. So he has a bracket of about six billion he can live inside. That's massive space. You understand what I'm saying? So here is the devil working within that bracket. But for devil or God to be effective on earth, the spiritual idea they have is not enough. They need a physical representation of that spiritual idea that they have to function here. God can do nothing without you on earth. The Bible says he's always looking for a man to stay in the gap. It is not a disadvantage to have a body. It's a massive advantage. Demons can do nothing without it. A demon is not superior to you because he can pass through a wall. It's a disadvantage here. It's an advantage in the spirit realm. But a function here is a disadvantage that he has nobody to live in. That's why they are, they are always looking for something to stay in. 
even God to function in a flawed world will need a human being to cooperate with his own ideas. Am I talking to you? So don't take for granted matter. But in the spiritual realm, like I told you, there's no such thing like time or space. There is space-time. That is why you can't have a when without a where. And you can't have a where without a when. When happens in a where, and where cannot happen without a when. So once you try to articulate time away from space, you're already mistaken. Your assumptions are wrong. You are going on a line that looks straight, but at the end of the day, you realize you have gone east. To really get it right, you have to factor in the oneness of time and space. That is why the Bible did not say that when you die, though you are born again, you will now be seated at the right hand of God, the Father. That is why the idea of parallel universes makes sense. Because you can be in two different places, in multiple places at the same time, doing different things, and it's just you. That is parallel universe. You can live in multiple universes. Because you are a spirit being, living in a human body, does not limit you from living in multiple universes. You can be in 55,000 places at the same time. And before it confuses you, we all do it every day. You see, I'm here now in Lagos. I'm not in Dallas. But there are things that are going on in Dallas that will only happen to my preference without me talking to them. My son has me, in, I'm living in his head. When you are really powerful in the world, whether you are a product or a service, whether you are a business or an idea or a theory or a philosophy or an ideology, what you are really doing is renting a space in the heads of the people in the world. And how much space you can rent in as many heads as possible determines your power. You honor Apple because Apple as a company is living in your head. You honor Coca-Cola because Coca-Cola has rented spaces in your head and is governing your thinking and your behavior from there, sending your purchasing power in the direction of your own preferences. These things don't happen coincidentally. People sit down and say, we want a share, or we want four billion people on our idea. The same way Apple sits down to say, this year, we are coming out with this product, we need six billion people to invest in it. That is how you two are going to sit down and say, I want Jesus in the mind of <coughs> 20 billion, sorry, 20 million people in your city. Those things don't happen coincidentally. The problem is, Apple is doing it, Samsung is doing it, Microsoft is doing it, Mercedes-Benz is doing it, Tesla is doing it, you are praying to God to do it. You are seeking permission for unnecessary things. Let me tell you something. There is a flavor of lunacy that is represented in you looking for what is not missing. Imagine that I'm crying right now. <laughs> so what's your problem? So I look for my watch. I don't know where, and I'm serious. You know, if you see me crying, and you come to me and say, sorry, mister, why are you crying? 
can't find my watch. I'm so depressed. And you can see the watch in my hand. Let me tell you what you will do. You will first gift me with, it's making a joke. It's trying to be humorous. So you will laugh with me. <laughs> you will not say, sir, are you sure you're looking for your wristwatch? If I say, yes, what is that I'm looking for? You will not give me a face like, okay, whatever this joke is, it's not funny, but okay, I get it. Are you sure you're looking for this watch? <laughs> yes, I now broke down more. I know what you will do. You will take three steps backward. <laughs> because you are no longer sure whether this man will jump and bite me. I don't know what this guy, this guy is not one of us. Definitely, he's off. The watch is in his hand. You can't be looking for what is not missing. You can't express shock or surprise at what is normal. Sorry, what's your name? If I say Christopher, do you, do you say? <gasps> if I say Christopher, what do you say? You say hi, how are you, right? What if I say Mr. Brown? You will go like, hey, no Brown. You can't express surprise at what is normal. It's your name. It's like when you are shocked that you have problems. How can you be shocked? You are never going to outgrow problems. You are going to learn to solve them. You are, going to, you are never going to outgrow warfare, no matter we pray for you. If you do vigil for 200 years, when you come down from your vigil, you are going to start warfare. New level is new devil. It's just the way it is. You don't outgrow warfare, you learn to fight. You learn to fight. You stand there and fight. The devil likes it when you delegate that. There are things nobody can do for you. Nobody can love you and help you read the Bible. So that the more they are reading it, the more you are having knowledge. It's not possible. Hello? Hi. Are you with me? Yes, sir. So we have to come to a place of understanding. The days of ignorance, God has excused. We are in a place now where clarity is the difference in your manifestation. Everything you want in life, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's through that knowledge. There's no demilitarized zone, guys. We have to get off this consumer Christianity where all you want is something, give me, want it, get it, touch it, receive it, and all of that. Necessary, though. Necessary. But when the foundation is faulty, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. What can he do? You need to put all of that. There's nothing wrong in driving a BMW, but onto what? To punish our young girls? <laughs> onto what? Or to let people know that you have arrived. You must have a very, very disrespectful definition of God. You actually think that's why God is going to give you a car? So that you can show people. You are not that important. If you want to prove it, go and look at the last, the last person that died. We have moved on. The world has the right to see the next second without you. Don't fool yourself. You will never be that important. If you disappear now, honestly, we will move on. We will do something another way. You will now see the richness of the human spirit. We always have options. You say, ah, if I don't come, if I don't go there, they, will, they cannot do anything. That's your choice. If you don't come, they will do it. If you die now, they will do it again and again. They will remarry. They will move on. You don't understand. You are not that important. Say, Martha, Martha, 
Why do you bother yourself? This one thing, which Mary has found. Hello? So stay with me. Part of how this title, thank you, is third service. So we can, we can chance times more. Are we together? I've tried though. Every first service, I had five minutes to spare when I dropped the mic. Second service, I had five minutes to spare. Isn't that beautiful? I'm healed in Jesus' name. So, if you then begin to come into the understanding, can you give me that Deuteronomy verse 8, chapter 8, verse 3? Let me quickly show you something there. So, he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Why? Everywhere you see a comma and that in the Bible, you are free to put a Y there because there's an invisible Y there. But after that, that you did not know, nor did your fathers know, why? Why did he give you that manner? That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. So the spiritual representation of anything is because there is a spiritual truth that God wants to represent for you. In this case of manna, the spiritual truth he wanted to give them was that man does not live by bread alone. So he gave them manna from heaven, which is a lowering of heaven's intention, which is a lowering of heaven to you and the raising of earth to meet heaven and create knowledge, if I have time, I'll break that into how wisdom is built, how understanding diffuses, and how knowledge possesses. So every time you have spiritual perspective engaging um, that is concentrated in the spiritual perspective, when that thing is represented in the material perspective, it, gives, it puts the same concentrated spiritual knowledge in the usable, transferable format for you. Are we on the same page? So you can have spiritual insight that you cannot manifest physically. When you say that God is with you, you have to show the evidence. The evidence is not to look cool or to be... That's not the evidence. That's not the evidence. The evidence is not to say liberal or to say bless you. That's not the evidence. Let your light so shine. Before who? Before God? You can't shine before God. Let's be clear. By what light? First of all, sorry. Who is the light? You have light. It's glory. So how can you shine? You don't understand. You can't shine. You are carrying a dimension of a fullness that is here. How can your shyness be noticed here? The only way we notice your shyness is when I don't need to see it because you can't impress me. You impress me and I feel that light when you show men. When men see your light, then they glorify me. They can't understand all that I carry because I am the spiritual dimension. I'm the spiritual perspective. They can't get this one because it's too concentrated. I diffuse it through you. So it is you that diffuse the fragrance of God before men. Without you, they can't connect me. 
So it is what you do that they see. And they don't see your praying capability. They don't see your fasting prowess. They don't see your Bible-carrying methodologies. What they see is your good works. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Works. Have you read that faith without works is dead? Your good works, and then they will glorify your Father in heaven. It is the manifestation of the awesomeness of God in your life, represented in a format that human beings can understand. Products, services, ideology, poem, song, whatever, media, app, TV, whatever it is, when it is manifested in that format, then that manifestation unlocks their curiosity to pursue your source. It unlocks their humility to pursue your source. That is how evangelism happens. It's not by saying, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You can do that to me because I was born in a Christian home. What if I am atheist? I've never been to church. I don't have the time. If you say, David, who is David? I don't have his terms of reference. I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't believe in the Bible. So if you say, Elijah came yesterday. Who is Elijah? Where did he come from? I don't know him. The only way I can feel your Jesus is when you demonstrate results at a level. You see, in, in, in the New Testament, Paul was writing and he gave conditions for being ministers. One of the things he said that is very unpopular today is that that minister, that overseer, should have reputation amongst those who are without. Who are those who are without? Sinners. He said he must have reputation amongst them. What kind of reputation can you have with sinners? Resourcefulness. Stay with me. So once you understand that, Everything in the spiritual realm has physical manifestation. The physical manifestation is what is this thing made of? That is how people who invent think. People who don't have any other indulgence in Christ Jesus. I wish I have time to spend time in that. You can so have God in your life and terminate your brain from thinking. The unbeliever doesn't have God to indulge him. He doesn't have angelic support to indulge him. He doesn't have prayer of agreement to indulge in. He doesn't have the gift of faith to indulge in. He doesn't have the indulging of the Holy Spirit to indulge in. He doesn't have the word of God to indulge in. All he has is his brain, his hands. That's all. So he's going to engage it by questioning everything. And he has only two questions. What is this thing made of? And how does it work? You as a human being also has the right to ask that question. But you also have a higher right to understand the spiritual perspective that will create that thing. Come on now. That that thing will represent. So your own question is, what does this thing mean? And what spiritual truth does he embody? For every physical manifestation of things has a deeper spiritual truth that it embodies. Are you here? But you see, God then said, He is able to do, Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly abundantly above whatever you can ask or think 
Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He didn't say ask and think. Ask was an option to think. Think was an option to ask. Asking and thinking were equated in the results they can deliver. If you ask, it can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask. It can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think. Now, we've killed the thinking, we've come around the ask. So everybody's just asking. And in James 4, he said you can ask and ask amiss because you want to spend it on your pleasures. What about ask and think? Because both of them are free. They said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Quite frankly, nothing. But I can explain that because it was a question. Go and read it. It's a question. What does it profit a man to lose his soul and gain the whole world? Nothing. What does it profit a man to gain his soul and lose the whole world? Something. What does it profit a man to gain his soul and gain the whole world? Everything. Hello? That's where I camp. Hello? Yeah, what does it profit a man to lose his soul and gain the whole world? That's not me. What does it profit a man to gain his soul and lose the whole world? That's not me either. What does it profit a man to gain his soul and gain the whole world? That's me. You climb the highest mountain possible and fly the flag of your faith there. That's the idea. Stay with me. So while we are asking, we are asking because we have the privilege of a walking, talking relationship with God. So we are not just asking him for things, we are asking him for things he wants us to think about. The unbeliever doesn't have asking, all he has is thinking. So he's just thinking, thinking, and he's creating from there. Hello? Are you with me? And so men are creating stuff. Let me quickly show you something, and I'll, and I'll begin to round up. Go to Romans 1 for me, real, real quick. Romans 1 that we were reading. Romans 1, 18, real quick. Romans 1, Romans 1, let's go, let's go. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all the righteousness of men, blah, blah, blah. Next verse. Because what may be known of God, what may be known of God, everything that can be known of God in the future, whatever it is, is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. Let's go. Let's go. For since the creation of the world, its invisible attributes are clearly seen. How? Being understood by the things that are made. Even its eternal power and Godhead. They are understood by the things that are made. So when you want to know what God is doing, when you want to know what God is initiating, when you want to know the next thing in God, it doesn't necessarily mean you put your neck to heaven. You can also put your eyes on the things that are made. Because inside things that are made, the next things in God are hidden. Being understood. How do you understand? For since the creation of the world, its invisible attributes are clearly seen. How? Being understood by the things that are made. The next level of this watch is this watch. I'm going to show you that real quick when I get there now. 
The next level of this shoe is this shoe. The next level of your whatever, this camera is this camera. In, in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, the Bible says, what can the man do who succeeds the king? He said, only what has been done. I'm going to explain that to you. But if you progress further, you begin to see how human beings then hold this physical manifestation without knowing the spiritual perspective that it represents, and they are creating things. You have the helicopter view over both, the spiritual perspective and the material perspective. If you bring that into creativity, if you bring that into your work, if you bring that into your marriage, if you bring that into all that you do, you'll be stunned at how much capacity is available to you. Now, if you go to uh, Revelations 9 that we read, you see, I need to go. I won't take your time, don't worry. I'm going to go, for real. So you find, you find the truth that imperfection is a reality. Sorry, still hold on to Revelations 9. I'm coming there. If you go to Genesis 1, you see that the Garden of Eden was not perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, perfection is not complete. Imperfection is not flawed. Imperfection is not necessarily weakness. And perfection is not necessarily flawless. Neither is imperfection necessarily flawed. The Garden of Eden was perfect but incomplete. If, the, if anything is complete, the next level of that thing is unnecessary. If today can be perfect, tomorrow will be unnecessary. If perfection is true for you, improvement has died in your life. The day you become perfect, I promise you, you will go to heaven that day. Your breath is proof of something higher to conquer. It is your imperfection that keeps you alive. That, that imperfection is the guarantee of continuity for you and engagement for you. The imperfection of the world is the guarantee of engagement for tomorrow's people. It's the guarantee of continuity for tomorrow's people. If today can be perfect, tomorrow will be unnecessary. If the garden was perfect, where did serpents come from? Hello? What God creates is perfect. It doesn't mean it's complete. Adam was perfect, right? But was he complete? If he was complete, Eve would have been unnecessary. The Bible said we will make a help him. So it's not good for him to be alone. This guy is not complete. So we need to pull evil, I mean, Eve out of him. <laughs> eh? What did I say? Eve or evil? Eve. Eve, Eve. So we need to put, Eve is not evil. <laughs> we need to put Eve out of him. I'm going to explain that, that reality to you now. You're going to understand how things are created. When it was time to create the next level of Adam, because Eve is the mediator between new and old. Between increase and, sorry, between inertia and newness. When Jesus died and he was resurrected, old and new, 
who were the first people that went to see him and take care of things? Women. Women, do you know that Eve was the one that was talking to all the animals? Adam didn't talk to them. Adam was naming them. Eve was talking to them. And in that communication, he was not just talking to them. In talking to them, he was giving them meaning. She was giving them meaning. So Adam was naming them. Eve was giving them meaning. Are you here? The word help me comparable is not just somebody to come and help Adam. What it actually means is opposite and counterparts. Opposite and counterparts. Equality. What it actually means is beautiful adversary. Am I talking to you? So Eve is not in any way inferior to Adam. In fact, Eve was the completion of Adam. And Eve was the one making that completion happen. Listen to this. Listen to this. If the Garden of Eden was perfect, there would be no serpent there. If, Eve, if Adam was perfect, there would be no Eve there. Does that mean that God did not create something excellent? Because the word perfection that you read in those terms are excellent things. Your watch is excellent, but it's not in its final state of existence. Everything you see in the world is in three states of existence. The state that you see it in with your physical eyes, the same thing that you see is so incomplete that it is in a phase of development and a season of usefulness. If you bring a, a 2022, a, 20, a 1985 car out in 1985, everybody would do like this for you. If you bring the same car out in 2022, they say, who is this blast from the past? Where did it come from? It's the same car that has not been innovated. Am I talking to you? Yes. The next level of the thing is hidden in the excellence of the thing today. So inside this wristwatch is the next level of this wristwatch. The next level of this wristwatch is hidden in this wristwatch as an incompleteness. If you look at this wristwatch today, it looks perfect. But there's an incompleteness in it that tomorrow's people must find today, build solution blueprints around to create the next level of this watch. So inside iPhone 13 was iPhone 14, but as a loophole, as an imperfection. And so when it was time for iPhone 13, they went for iPhone 14, they went to iPhone 13 and brought out iPhone 14 from it. And what they brought out and what they worked on was the incompleteness of their beautiful, excellent, perfect iPhone 13. Because when they gave you iPhone 13, there was no complaint. It was perfect. But inside that perfection, there is an incompleteness that is not flawed, but it's the guarantee of improvement for the next level of that iPhone 13. So iPhone 14 was brought out of iPhone 13. iPhone 15, if it will come, we come from the incompleteness of iPhone 14. In the excellence of what is prevailing, it's an incompletion, a loophole, and an imperfection that guarantees the next level of that thing. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Stay with me. I'm coming home. So in Ecclesiastes 1, we then read... The Bible says, what has been is what will be. What is done is what will be done. 
He said, what, what is needed cannot be counted. He said, what is lacking cannot be numbered. So there will always be needs, there will always be gaps, there will always be imperfections, there will always be incompleteness. There is no human being that can walk in perfect behavior. There is no system that can walk in perfect expression. You can walk in excellent expression. That's what we call perfect. But inside that perfection, there is still a room for improvement. That room for improvement is the imperfection in what is prevailing. If you want to control tomorrow, you don't go and look for the beauty of what is prevailing. You look for what is incomplete in what is prevailing. Because that is the guarantee of the next level of that thing. What will, has been done is what will be done. What is done is what will be done. What will be is that which has been is what will be. One word for that which has been. One word. One word, I'm asking, for what that which has been. One word. One word. That shouldn't be difficult. Don't try to answer right. Just answer. Nobody's going to mark your paper. Hmm? No. One, what has been. What has been. Past. One word for what has been. Past. One word for what will be. Future. So, the Bible says, what has been is what will be, is what shall be. Let's replace it with those two words. The past is the future. Come on, talk to me. Am I correct? The past is the future. So in what is prevailing or what is yesterday, the Bible says, do you see anything to which it can be said, look, this is new. He said, it has existed in ancient times before us. Glass was in the Garden of Eden. But the spiritual truth, it was in the Garden of Eden as a spiritual truth. Somebody has to take responsibility for its physical representation to create glass. How is glass in the Garden of Eden? The Bible says there's nothing called new. New is old happening to new people. And so, he said, they have existed in ancient times before us. There was glass in the garden, but it was represented by sand. When you hit sand, what do you get? Glass. But nobody had the knowledge, or maybe the time, to convert that sand into glass. When you now see glass, you say, wow, it is new. No, it's not new. To you, it is new. Old happening to new people. To the one who made sand. In ancient times, he knew that. I gave you, in the Garden of Eden, there was glass. There was AC. There was dam. There was everything there. But in a format that need human beings to cultivate. That's why he said, nurture, cultivate, develop, transform. Take this to the next level. Procreation. Did God give the world 8 billion people? He just gave them a man and a woman who can have sex. Once they can have sex, they will have 8 billion people. I don't need to create 8 billion people. I just need to create two people. I don't need to create a million oranges. Just create one with seeds. I need to give you all the oranges. I don't need to build forests all over the world. Just give us two or three trees. We have forests all over the world. It is the duty of the human condition to take responsibility for a prevailing order and introduce the thing to its next level. As you are introduced to your next level every day as you perfect holiness in the fear of God. Am I talking to you? If you can understand that as well, then come back to Revelations. When you see scriptures in Revelations, they are represented, they are modern day ideas represented by 
primitive writers who wrote about their future in their own context. So if, if Isaiah was shown a plane and said, write down that a plane came to pick up 10 people in Jerusalem, what do you think he would write down, Isaiah? You think he would say a plane came? He would, he would say, I saw a big bird with wings like the wings of 200 birds, 200 eagles, with noise like the voice of a thousand men. When you are reading this, so he is representing future truth in his old context. You are reading modern truth in his old context. You are supposed to see modern truth in the prevailing context. So you must ask yourself, spiritual perspective, what does he mean? And what deeper truth does he embody? Because there must be a spiritual truth for you. But when you read the revelations, what do you then ask? How is he made of? And how will he work? How will the whole world see Jesus ascending? How will they see it? It's satellite, man. That's the only way to see it. It's not anything like that. Look, I have friends who are now drawing all the monsters, all the spirits, all those beings in Revelations. And we are discovering that some of them are machines and AI that the writers of Revelation could not have understood because they didn't have helicopter view over the future. They had helicopter view over their context. Am I talking to you? So any spiritual truth you are reading, don't get carried away. You must know that this spiritual truth to be understood must be diffused into a usable format, measurable format, transferable format, as represented by a product, a service, or some device in our reality. So what does this thing, how does it work? That is what scientists are saying when they are looking at something prevailing. How does it work? What is it made of? And they'll take it to the next level. Instead of you doing that, what you are going to do is, Father, in the name of Jesus, I don't even know what I need. Give me something. You know, these guys know what they need. They know what we need is trapped. Did you ask for GSM technology? No. Did anybody apply for tablets? Did you apply for phones? Your life was so slow and you didn't know. So terribly slow. If you have to go to Ikorodu to see the pastor of our expression in Ikorodu 40 years ago, you are going to get to Ikorodu to find out that he just left two minutes ago. You've risked your life, got into the car, driven two, one hour to get to Ikorodu, just to go and hear that, oh, the pastor, he just left two minutes ago. Today, you now have speed, precision. You save time, energy, by saying, pastor, are you there? Yes, I'll be there in two minutes. I'll be there in two hours, precision. You save time. Your life became faster, more affordable. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you didn't know your life was slow. Somebody looked at your life, saw the incompletion in it, designed a solution around that incompletion, brought the tab to you, and it fitted into your life. As iPhone 14 was pulled out of iPhone 13, so Eve was pulled out of Adam. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because everything tomorrow is already existing in what is incomplete today. You should never complain about anything imperfect anymore. Rather ask yourself, what is the truth? What does it mean? And how, what does it represent? What does he embody? If we create something out of it, how does it look? And how do we do that? Those are questions you bring before God. To begin to close this or to close this, if you then go to that same Revelation 9 we are reading, you see when they said that some scorpions were released, 
Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. Go. They were coming, they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree. Quite frankly, this is talking about climate change, global warming. These are things visiting the earth and being given their boundaries. Hello? Now, if you don't understand that, you don't be looking at any green thing. You should also ask yourself, so what does it mean? What deeper truth does he embody? How do you qualify that? He said, but only those men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Let's go, let me show you something. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. Go, go. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will, be, will flee from them. You see, after rapture or post-tribulation, I mean, in tribulation time, which you will not experience in Jesus' name. Amen. People will want to die, they will not find death. You can look at this and say, oh, how will it happen? Death will not just come. No, that's not what's going to happen. Before you get to rapture, let me tell you how this is going to happen. God is going to give wisdom to human beings that will give you a science to ensure man does not die again. When science delivers that and man does not die, the people who experience that 30 years from now will rejoice. Oh, we don't die anymore. We found another. But there's a spiritual truth to why you will not die because in this tribulation time, you will be looking for death. You will not find it because science has already eliminated death long before it came. People have questioned it and found that death will not be in the future. Let me tell you something. There is a book written in Spanish called the death of death. Are you ready for this one? And in the future, the forecast is 2045, 2050. Death will be a choice in the world. Two Spanish scientists have worked so hard. One is a lecturer at the University of Cambridge, and they've worked so hard to now conclude that they are not going to die. Maybe you can choose to die. They say, we are not going to die. That in the future, Death will mean aging. Suicide will mean their choice to age. That's suicide. If you choose to be aging, then you are going to die. Because there are now scientific breakthroughs, biotech, biomedicine, all kinds of things I don't have time to explain that will ensure that human parts can be reproduced. We can now reproduce your kidney. We can save your, your liver. We can preserve your intestine. Am I causing trouble for you? No problem. You see what I'm saying? So, in the future, you are really going to say, oh death, where is thy sting? And when you are saying it, you are saying it for real. Because actually to die will not become a choice. Oh, come on. I'm sure, yeah, Christians can have a, a big problem here now. I say, oh, we're not going to die. Look, what does God, what's God's testimony in you dying? What do you think it is? By the time that is happening, you will celebrate, the whole world, including you and I, we celebrate to age will not be a choice. To die will not be accidents like you actually have a car crash, which is also going to be very difficult to have in the future because of the precision engineering of driverless cars. To even be able to die by accident is almost impossible in the future. 
except somebody go and hack the AI and scatter all this and get the accounts to eat each other. So the possibility of dying is, is a symposium discussion. Now, if you don't die anymore, this scripture is going to happen. But you won't feel this scripture like this now. But when you ask this scripture, what does he embody? What is the deeper spiritual truth to it? How does this work? Then you understand that by the time you are taken away, and people are now living on the earth in, in tribulation time, if they can kill themselves, do you think they will endure all these things that is prophesied that they will suffer? You don't have to kill themselves. Because even now, without all the pressure of tribulation, the Bible says that tribulation, very few can even escape it. It's so bad and so tough. Without tribulation, now people are committing suicide. What do you think will be happening if tribulation is going on? You just say, what is this suffering? Let me just kill myself. But in those days, it won't be easy to kill yourself because killing yourself will be luxury because science will have fixed the necessity of death. I'm causing trouble. Expand that to now look at healing and the body, sickness. By the time we can now produce spare parts of the human body, what will kill you? Let me shock you. If you think God is worried about what I'm saying, you are naive, probably ignorant. What I'm saying, God, is, these are God's plans I'm sharing with you. These are things God is, as you are looking at me now, that is how they were looking at the Wright brothers when they said man can fly. When they said man can fly, what they imagined was, eh, you will now have wings and just take off. They didn't think of a plane and a chopper. They couldn't have thought of it because it's not in their contest. So as I'm telling you this today now, you have been oppressed by all the scripture you have been reading all these years, all the interpretation you have been hearing. Ah, so your mind is ah, it's not possible. We are going to die. Is that your own testimony? My own testimony is, oh, death, where is thy sting? Here and in the world after. Secured in Christ. The things Christ secured are for your benefit as a child of God, also for the benefit of the world. Let me tell you what I mean. When God, God secures peace or secures health, how do you think that's going to happen forever? In Bible days, if you have any form of terminal disease, any form of disability in Bible days, if you were blind in Bible days, you are useless to God. You are useless to the devil. In Bible days, if you are blind and God has a plan for your life, he must heal you first to use you. Have you ever wondered how come God did not use any disabled man of God in the Bible? All the prophets, all the men of God, how come not one of them did not have hand or was blind or was on, on crutches? All of them were able-bodied. You know why? Because in Bible times, if you are disabled, you are useless to everybody, to God and the devil. The only advantage the devil has in your situation is that you are still purposeless. So the devil still has advantage there. So healing was a precursor to engagement and usefulness in Bible days. If you are blind and God has a plan for your life, he must heal you first. Today, it's no longer so. A blind man can be your boss. Stevie Wonder did not wonder out through his life. He hired people with eyes. Let me ask you, between Kobams, Asuko, and his driver, who is blind? I'm just asking. Who is blind? Let me tell you. Disability is an unpopular type of ability. They asked Jesus, who sinned? This man or his, who sinned? He said, it's to the glory of God. Are you listening to me? I'm not going too far. 
I'm just telling you that there's a way heaven has laced these things. And the complexity should be nothing to you because the spirit of Christ is inside of you. You can understand all things. You can see all things. So in the future, you're going to see manifestations like this. And you're going to be wondering, how is this going to happen? That's how it's going to happen. So God will reign when they made, God gave the wisdom for oxygen. Is the only Christians using oxygen in the hospital? Unbelievers are using it as well. But God gave it for everybody. So there are dimensions of miracles that God brings to the earth, like the airplane, sinners, terrorists enter the plane and fly it when they're going to go and kill somebody. Right? In the same way God gave us sex, but people rape and commit adultery. You see what I'm saying? So all these corporate ideas from God, some of them are the reserve of Christians. Some of them are for the benefit of the universe. And the people in the universe will take advantage of them. But the bigger equation is this, guys. What is God doing in the world? And what is your role in it? I'm not trying to stress you by expanding your mind into the future. But I'm telling you to calm down and begin to ask God, what is your role in these big pictures? What do you need to do? What kind of positioning do you need to have? And as I close... The Garden of Eden is where we are going to end it on. In the Garden of Eden, serpent was there. Eve was talking to the serpent. The sin of Eve was not for talking to the serpent. It was for eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You are going to engage evil in this life. The Bible says that I prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And you are not going to eat away. There are food you cannot eat away from your enemies. You must have the capacity to sit on the same table with them and negotiate the integrity of the kingdom of God on that table. Like politics. If you say that you need a political party of Christians, you are blind. You need a political party of Christians in a secular country with all kinds of religion you cannot even number, all kinds of gods all over the place. A company of good people in a secular environment is a company of fools and the blind. When you understand God's wisdom, you will manifest in such a way that your wisdom will humble the arrogance of evil people that will force them to submit to your own clarity. And then you begin to mentor their evil and give it direction and meaning. That is where you come from. Fear not whatever the world is sending to you. You don't look at what is coming. You look at what is coming out of you. For the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. From the heart proceed the issues of life. The things that will transform your world are inside of you. Chief of them is the pressing of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the assignment I will give you is this. Never again in your life go out with your brain. Go out with your brain under God. Go out with your hands under God. What you really have is two things. This hand, this brain, under God. What did I say? This is hand, this brain, under God. And this brain is God-given. In fact, let me shock you. It is your most spiritual organ. Your brain is your most spiritual organ. Eh? If your brain is not working, your spirit is useless. Your soul is useless. Your mind, everything is useless. How do you then prioritize everything about your spirituality and neglect your brain? Your brain is a spiritual instrument because without it, there's no foundation for the manifestation of any other spiritual ability you have. 
you will not be able to operate any spiritual gift. You won't even be conscious. You'll be vegetable. So find time to nurture your mind. And the discipline for this year that I challenge you in is spend time in God's word. People come to me to want to touch me. I block the hand. I say, if it's by touching, I won't be where I am. I spent 12 years in the university studying the four-year course. I should have touched a degree and just get it. <laughs> for nine years, I didn't have a child. For nine years, people were having child left and right, fools and the wise. At least I know somebody that I know that this is a fool. <laughs> he has six children that he cannot fund. And then I, a man of God, with all that I know, I'm not to be begging God for a child. I never bothered about that. But I understand what God is doing in my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you come into that dimension, I'm jumping now. When you come to that dimension, you begin to know that God is at work in you. God is creating something beyond your own understanding in you. And so you gas to position for it. And stop asking for the things that your mind can carry. Change your prayer point from having a house at the age of 40 and having a car and having money in your bank account. Anything you are dreaming about that your logic knows how to do it is not a dream. A dream must be bigger than your logic. It's able to do exceedingly abundantly above whatever you can think or imagine. One translation says you can ask or think. Start from there. But it doesn't just happen. It works according to the power that's working here. And so the word of God in my life made all the difference. I didn't have a child. So I university. I've tasted everything from chewing gum to cocaine. Look at my life now. There was a time I couldn't talk like this. I salivate uncontrollably. And every time I come to a better part of myself, I celebrate it. But a part of me is content with it, but looking forward to something higher. Breath is proof. There's something higher in your life. Rise to your feet, everybody. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for everybody in the first service and in the second service. This prayer is very important. Part of the grace of the New Testament is clarity. Clarity. There's nothing in the world your mind cannot sit in. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You have the Spirit of God. You have the mind of Christ. And so you have to begin to see all of the possibilities in the world as your right. You are not designed to pursue your dreams. That is you placing the physical before the spiritual. You are designed to experience your dreams. Everything you are dreaming about are designed to gravitate towards you. For goodness and mercy shall follow me. Not be before you to be pursued all the days of your life. That's hustling. It's a consequence of the fall. You are redeemed. You don't hustle. Everything follows you. Everything gravitates towards you. Your dreams are gravitating towards you. Everything you need in your life are looking for you. Stop chasing them. Position for them. You are not designed to pursue your dreams. You are designed to position for your dreams. Stop running around. Sit down. Stay in God's word. Never step out of your life in a day without opening the Bible.
There's no secret to me. There's no secret to PG or Pastor Bola or, P, or, or Pastor Debo or anybody you know in the world, Bishop or Edepo, anybody. The secret is simple. Time in God's word under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You and I have the right to step into that 20 years from now, whatever time you listen to this CD. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. So they were glad. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said, his word is as sweet as the honeycomb. From today, from today, a sweetness of God's word begin to generate force in your spirit. No, I prayed for you because I learned that grace every day. I prayed that joy and that sweetness. You will not open the Bible as struggle. You will not open it as punishment. You will not even open it as a duty. You will open it like you make a cup of tea. Because it's so sweet to you. Your eyes are blessed because they see. As you open the book, your eyes begin to see the world. You begin to see your company. You begin to see what is missing in your department. You begin to see what is missing in your marriage. You begin to see a new duty to your son. You begin to see a new position you must have towards your wife and towards your children. You begin to see a responsibility you must take in your neighborhood and in your community. As you open the word, you will never read a collection of history. You begin to see everyday issues of contemporary life in the name of Jesus. The Bible says your eyes are blessed because they see. It says your ears are blessed because they hear. He said to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Listen, you will not be afraid before a revelation. You will stand strong in God's presence, in God's wisdom to understand anything, all things, and to represent them in your world. In the name of Jesus. Now everyone close your eyes. You are in this room. You know that if Jesus comes now, you're not going with him. If he shows up now, you're not in his camp. You know it in your heart. Don't fool yourself. Maybe you've given a life to Christ before and you missed it. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. I don't know where you are. But right now, I'm not asking you, do you go to church? No. I'm not asking you, do you have a Bible? No. I'm not asking you, do you have a Bible under your pillow? No. I'm not even asking you, are you a worker in church? No. I'm not asking you, do you belong to a department? No. I'm not asking you if you have Christian friends. No. I'm not even asking you if you speak in tongues. I'm asking you, if you die now, if Jesus shows up now, are you going to heaven? Are you with him? If you are sure that if Jesus shows up now, you are secured in him. If you are sure that if you die now, your eternity is sure and perfect, I'm going to ask you to sit down. If you are not sure, please don't be shy. Remain standing with the boldness of Jesus right now. Don't copy anyone. Don't look at anyone. Remain standing boldly. Now you are sincere. God bless you, brother, for standing. God bless you, my sisters, for standing. God bless you all. Sincerity is massive. It opens doors. It seats you in palaces. It keeps you noticeable. It releases sentiments and bias towards you. It releases preferences and favor towards you. But sincerity is not enough. People are sincerely in prison. People are sincerely poor. People are sincerely frustrated. People are sincerely raped. People are sincerely killed. Because sincerity is not an independent variable. It's a dependent one. You must add so many things to sincerity to give you strength and boldness 
and stand in your place in the world. And so you will take one more step. I took this step October 25, 1995. I'm going to ask you to take it today. If you want me to pray for you and to lead you into your newness and for the Holy Spirit to reintroduce you to you, then come out here. Let me pray for you. Simple. Just come out. God bless you. Yeah, that's it. Simple. Don't look at anybody. It's your world. There is no simian in the grave. Everybody is equal there. There's no point to prove to anyone. We've all done this thing. You don't need to look stupid because you are a child of God. You can be cool, funky like that, but you understand what is at work inside of you. You know there is a God that rules in the affairs of men. The monarch of the universe calls you today to a higher place and to a higher power. New energy, new people, new territories, new frontiers, new vistas. Yes, keep coming. God bless you, sis. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Yes, my brother. Please keep coming. Keep coming. God bless you. Let them come. Let them come. God bless you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Thank, Thank you for listening. We hope that the message has blessed your heart. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng. For more information about us and all our other resources, please visit www.lifepointng.org.